90.3. This is My Mom's Mix. My name is Sam, and this is a weekly show where I sit down with my mom and or stepmom, and we walk through their lives via music. This is my mom, Isabel. Hello. And this is my stepmom, Tracy. Hey there. Today, we're going to be looking at weird music. Not too different from last week when we looked at musicals, depending on who you ask, I suppose. But this, (laughs) this music will be like really focused on some queer icons and also some music that you'll hear that aren't necessarily from queer artists. Queer but allies. You, yeah, queer allies. And, you know, you hear them a lot at pride parades. So I guess how I'd really like to start this off, you guys have been to the big pride parade here in Nebraska in Omaha. Oh, oh. And oh. I guess, could you talk a little bit about that experience? Well, the Omaha pride was nice, but, you know, I have used to live in South Louisiana and the New Orleans pride parade is something that's... A whole lot else. Although, I, yeah, I, not to diss Omaha. Omaha's nice. And they had a really good I, lineup. I when, think for where we're living, they really, they came with it for where we are. And every year that we go, I feel like it gets bigger. And that makes me so happy. I remember when they, God, they had the first one. I mean, there were a lot of attendees, but it wasn't the same vibe as this last year. I mean, we're talking... Everybody came out to play and there was a line. I mean, just God, all. Oh, you're actually you're talking about the actual Lincoln. Well, no, even in the Omaha one. I mean, but yes. Oh, and last year in Lincoln, I was really excited. We were in line for like an hour just Uh to get in to Lincoln. And I was so excited because we went to the first one and it was just this tiny little parking lot. And now it it was massive compared to the first time. And there, were, I can't even explain. I started crying because we we stopped at you know the this. There were several even churches there. Oh yeah, which we did not see before. And one of them just I just teared up because she said that you know. Everybody is loved here. Yeah, you have a place here. I you think. have a place here and everybody is loved here. And you could feel that genuine um, vibe from her. And yeah, it brought tears to my eyes. That was pretty cool. It really was. And, and the way that, you know, the world is acting, uh, it's 2023 and people are acting ridiculous toward anyone that doesn't fit the mold, um, that was prolific to me so i guess does that kind of speak to how you guys feel about what pride is pride for me like going to school in baton rouge and being so close to new orleans i mean we had southern decadence on labor day weekend um uh, the pride parade in june uh both in new orleans and and a, a smaller one in baton rouge it was, I, I don't know, I just, the, the queer community in South Louisiana is just massive and very, very um, uh, involved and have been for a very long time. So those things were, I mean, again, in the 90s, those were bigger than I had ever seen, aside from, say, San Francisco, bigger than I had ever seen even on television. And so seeing that now here in Lincoln, it's 
it's nice to see that there, you know, there's a stage, there's a venue. It's, you know, you have performers and, and that is, is effing awesome. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, when you ask some, I mean, it's different for everyone. I live for the day where we don't have to say I came out. I, I, I just live for that day. I live for the day where I don't hear gay marriage. Um, yeah, it's just marriage. I'm, I think pride for me is living without fear and living my life just the way I want to live it, being the person that I want to be. And every time we see something, you know, like what we did at the last parade and whatnot, it, it, it makes you feel like there's hope, especially when you see all the bad stuff the bad media and you know all that but yeah that's what it is to me I, I I had always hoped that in my lifetime I would see being treated like everyone else I don't want people voting on my existence I, I'm I'm so sick and tired it's bad enough they do it just for me being a woman but now you know that in addition it's just I'm sick of it I, I want that to stop being on ballots I want it to stop being something well should we allow these people to live this way and that way. I mean, come on, I'm sick of it. I don't know if it's going to happen in my lifetime, but every time I do see something positive, it gives me hope. What is really interesting that I've noticed in the last few years is the difference between what younger people start to think about when they think of pride. And especially on that note of like, you know, wanting to be treated the same as everybody else, but then why do you need pride? I think, I mean, it's the same answer that you'll see for any other identity that has festivals or celebrations, Mm -hmm. just celebrating, Mm -hmm. you know, you can, you can have equal rights and also celebrate differences. Absolutely. I don't know if I talked about, I think this resonated with me about a week ago. There were two young uh, college girls that were going door to door, encouraging people to vote. And they had stopped at our house. And of course, you know, I opened the door and Joe had walked out first, your sister. And then I walked out there. And one of the things that resonated with me as as you well know, we fly the colors. I mean, we, we fly them year round, not just June. We have them flying in our yard on our house, 365, 24-7. And it's going to stay that way as long as I can breathe. And you don't think about, you know, I mean, we do it for, you know, because this is what we, we are. This is who we are and this is what we're proud of. But we also do this because we want, we want everyone that passes by this house to know that it's you, you're welcome, you're safe. And one of the things that one of the young ladies said, she said the reason we stopped by here was because we felt safe. She used the word safe. She didn't say you have a pretty yard. She didn't say you have a cute house. Because she we had said, the rainbow flag flying. She said, I, we felt we, I apologize, we, she and the, the young lady that was walking with her, safe was the word used. And that resonated with me. And I have thought about that ever since. And then at the same time, I, you know, I, I just inside, it made my heart swell because that's exactly what I'm trying to put out there. Yeah. And I think, you know, things like that make me feel particularly emotional. And I think a lot of it just comes from, I go to, you know, a, a university in a conservative state and, you know, it's not un- uncommon um, because of what I look like, you know, I think, <laughs> I mean, just in terms of, you know, I have, I have colored hair, I have piercings. Um, but you're, you're well, also very feminine and well, so is your mother and you can both pass for no, straight. I mean, what I'm saying is I, it's not uncommon for 
people within the LGBT community to, I guess, approach me and feel comfortable. And I think a lot of that comes with, you know, dressing and looking the way I do. It's usually pretty explicit. You know, it's not... (laughs) I'm You're, I'm explicit with my identity in terms of like I'm not afraid to to dress how I want to and to dye my hair and to get piercings and usually those kinds of people are the kinds of people that aren't going to shame others. Oh yeah, for how yeah. they uh, identify. I was, I was just going to and 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 that's awesome and I'm glad that that you feel comfortable expressing yourself that way in your dress and, and your, you know, your jewelry and, and all that. And your mom too, who also has piercings and tattoos. And, but the funny thing is that the two of you both pass for straight. Whereas I am very butch. I wear masculine clothes and it's a little bit different perspective. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not discounting your queerness, but I would say from an outside perspective, it's a little bit different and I haven't heard it in a long time because now I'm an old lady, but when, and I have always presented myself the same way with masculine clothes, short hair, super short hair. Um, yeah. And there have been many many times especially when I was young when I heard lots of slurs you know of people passing by and this is particularly in the south but you know because I only lived in the south in my younger years but you know and I will say that is a little bit different perspective now your mom does experience some of that when the two of us walk into a place holding hands or you know giving a Peck on the cheek. And I will always, always hold your hand. Well, and I think a huge part of pride and the general like LGBT community is becomes expression and music becomes a huge catalyst for where that kind of expression can happen. And also I think it becomes a catalyst for change. And I think um Absolutely. I think a perfect artist to kind of start with, although I know it's rather new. I was going to say Lil Nas X. No, I was going to say Lady Gaga. Oh. I Lady Gaga came to me very late in life. Well, late in my current life. But, you know, I'm not a 20-year-old queer person, but I, I still think I'm one of her little monsters. <laughs> you are. You are, baby. Always. No, I mean, I just, I mean, she's she's such a queer ally. Yeah, she is. You know, and I'm not sure what her orientation is, but, you know, it's, it doesn't matter because she is, she brings, and she even, she named them, you know, mm-hmm. my I, little yeah, monsters. She did. But I think Lady Gaga becomes such a huge icon because I think Lady Gaga has always been different and attracted people who felt different even before Lady Gaga became to be. Uh, would begin to open up about things because I know Lady Gaga in interviews has kind of opened up as, you know, being bisexual and, you know, different influences and things like that. And what I, I think became this huge thing was Lady Gaga attracted all of these people, these little monsters, these people who felt different her music began began to play off that and um i know a recent song you were just listening to 
Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. I love that song. I do too. I think it's cool. <laughs> love is just a history that they may prove, and when you're gone, I'll tell them my religion. When punctures come to kill the king upon his throne, I'm ready for their stones. I mean, it's being, it became like very popular on TikTok, which you guys don't know because you don't use it, but we don't use it, but, <laughs> but it became 
really popular and I think, you know, that kind of style and everything she does kind of, every song she comes out with, I feel like just kind of becomes a catalyst for what can be played at ride parades because the style well, and, and her everything. Because <clears throat> another, you know, there's another uh, artist that's actually your mom and my age, Cindy Lauper. And oh, yeah. True, oh. True Colors came yes. out like what in the 80s mm-hmm. but i have been to a, a concert where cindy lopper uh performed and when she plays true colors she brings out that pride flag she does and because i believe one of her uh children are identify as queer i don't know who that might be but because she's like what god she's probably like 65 70 at this point i know she's about as old as Cher. yeah but when she plays true colors it's all about queer um even though that may not have been what the song was written about i i have no idea but now when she plays it it's all about queer inclusion oh i love that song every time i hear true colors i get teary-eyed Call me up because you know I'll be 
So True Colors was kind of originally written, obviously not by Cindy Lauper, but by Billy Steinberg, just a songwriter, um, about his mother. And then later, Cindy Lauper would begin to, um, you know, talk about how the song really resonated with her because she had a friend die uh, from HIV. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, and, the, and and then when and and they called that the queer disease. And you know, and later Lauper would found um a you know the true colors fund which oh, is yes. a non-profit mm-hmm. for lgbt youth yeah i abs- i absolutely knew that that she yes. had always supported the queer community and the aids foundations mm-hmm. yeah and i just think it's a really interesting story of you know i'm not sure if the songwriter's mom was queer or I doubt do, it. but you know it's an interesting way that you know music can kind of resonate with people in different ways um, and be s- the same way significant to somebody else who interprets it one way and then yeah, just, similar. Well, we've talked about this in the past where, you know, music and certain songs are always going to be, uh, they're going to have a different impact on everyone. Not everyone's going to feel the same way mm-hmm. about a song that they listen to. And the lyrics can mean something totally different than, you know, they mean to the person they're sitting next to. But honestly, I do feel like a lot of music that was written in the 80s, there was some camouflage there. Well, and I think that kind of opens up this whole conversation about music that isn't really intended to be queer focusing, but kind of becomes that just because, I I guess, an implicit message. I feel a lot of the artists that, you know, when you talk about Cindy Lauper, some of the others that you've mentioned, I, I see I... I, I kind of have to disagree with that. I think they were ahead of their time. I really do. I just and I have I no think, idea why that was written. But I think that back then they had to do it a different way to make it. They had to kind of shadow it. Right. Exactly. Like camouflage. But honestly, I, I feel like some of these songs were in, they were written as intended. And I, I, I have a strong feeling about that. I really do. And that may be. And then there were, there were things like, I mean, then you had the other groups like Bronsky Beat and Small Town Boy, mm-hmm. which I really identified with. Small Town Boy is about a queer boy in, you know, England. And, you know, if you ever listen to Bronsky Beat, you know, Jimmy Somerville has always been a musician with queer ties, queer ally ties. And Small Town Boy really hit me. And that was probably in the mid 80s, I think, when that was released. And it was it was about someone being bullied or being queer in the small town.
song Hallelujah, originally recorded by Leonard Cohen, it really should not be sung at funerals because that was not what it was about. Um, what is that song about? I don't, I'm not familiar. It's, I don't know precisely because I'm not the songwriter, but it's, it's more about sex and losing, not losing people to death. It's, it's, yeah, if you really look up the lyrics, Hallelujah should never be played at a funeral. It's a beautiful song. Don't get me wrong, but. Leonard Cohen disagrees with you. Oh, well. Oh, wait. Journalist Larry Sloman who knew Cohen well and interviewed him often, described the song as one part biblical, one part the woman that Cohen slept with last night, citing an unidentified critic saying that Cohen was was most interested in holiness and horniness. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's not. Yeah. With that, up next, we have Hallelujah, sang by Leonard Cohen. I'm Sam, and I'm joined by my mom, Isabel, and my stepmom, Tracy. This is Hallelujah on My Mom's Mix on 90.3 KRNU. Now I've heard there was a secret chord that David played, and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift, the battle king composing, hallelujah.
talk about Lil Nas X. I think just to open it up, me and Tracy were talking earlier about this, you know, Lil Nas X, how I see things, um, became a super interesting change in the music industry in terms of, you know, he is an openly queer man. Queer black man. Queer black man who writes hip hop about, um, similar to other hip hop that talks about having sex. Except, you know. Well, and, so, and sometimes know. it's not about having but sex. But I just mean, like, it's, that's what interested me. Because a lot of hip-hop is about having sex with women. And, you know, I've never heard someone get so popular who kind of talks about sex with men. Well, and I think if, and I don't know all of his backstory, but I think he started out as, like, a YouTuber or something or a blogger. Like, who was interested in a certain artist that I cannot name. I mean, I, I just don't know. Um, and then he he was kind of recording, like, songs along that lines. And he, you know, I'm so fascinated with him. And I love, love, love his music. I am a elderly lady who loves his music. Well, and I just want to point out that I joke with people all the time because Tracy listens to this old indie music and then Tracy also listens to Little Nas X. I think it's I think it's awesome because, you know, I'm not a, a super hip hop fan. I mean, I like my Lizzo. I like my Megan Thee Stallion. You know, I like, you know, my original go to is, uh, you know, Queen Latifah, but as far as that genre goes, but, you know, Little Nas X, you know, he's a beautiful young man who has some really, like, deep lyrics, truly. And, you know, I do like the country stuff. Yeah, his Old Town Road, it it always cracked me. It starts to crack me up to think when Old Town Road came out, I was in high school and there was a lot of people listening to it that I don't think agree with what he does now. 
Probably. So it's so interesting to hear people who are traditionally Gucci on my boob. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you right now, I doubt he really cares if they agree with what he does. Now. Amen. And I'm proud of him for that. Yeah, I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I got the horses in the back, horse stock is attached. Head is mad at black, got the bushes black to match. Riding on a horse, ha, you can whip your Porsche. I've been in the valley, you ain't been up off that porch now. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Riding on a tractor, lean all in my blood. Cheated on my baby. You can go and ask her. My life is a movie. Boy riding in boobies. Cowboy hat from Gucci. Ranger on my booty. Can't nobody tell me. Spend a lot of money on my brand new guitar. Baby's got a habit, diamond rings and Fendi sports bras. Riding down Rodeo in my Maserati sports car. Got no stress, I've been through all that. I'm like a Marlboro man, so I keep going back. Wish I could roll on back to that old town road. I wanna ride till I can't There's a music video, well, I'll say this, there's a music video for one of his songs where he's intimate with a man in the video. Oh, like in a locker room. Uh, oh, yeah. I Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I remember, remember people talking about it and it was just really yeah. interesting that it was a topic of conversation when I feel like there's a billion videos with uh, men being intimate with women. And that's not a thing. Yeah, just kind yeah, of. And, and I'm when, not blaming the individual people because I'm, you know, it's not their fault. It's not the no. norm. And well, when, it's really kind of, it's really kind of messed up because a lot of videos that came out in the '80s and the songs were about basically going after 17 year old girls, cherry pie, and there were videos about it, and nobody had a problem with that. Yeah, and in fact, like I, I'm thinking of cherry pie. Yeah, and I think. Well, there's 17 by Winger. Yeah, I don't, it was, it always becomes fascinating to me. So we don't have a problem with over-sexualizing kids, but. Or women. Or women. Okay. Well, I'm trying to find, too, the one where he is with uh, Satan. Call me by your name. (laughs) Call me by your name. Oh, I love that song. That was an awesome freaking video. Oh, yeah. And it was a good, it's a good song. I caught it bad just today You hit me with a call to your place 
Ain't been out in a while anyway Was hoping I could catch you throwing smiles in my face Romantic talking, you don't even have to try You're cute enough to f*** with me tonight Looking at the table and I see the reason why Baby, you living a lot, but baby, you ain't living right Champagne and drinking with your friends You're living a dark boy, I cannot pretend I'm not faced, only here to sin If you've been in your garden, you know that you can Call me when you want, call me when you need Call me in the morning, I'll be on the way Call me when you want, call me when you need Call me out by your name, I'll be on the way Like, Time that I speak, a diamond and a nine. It was mine every week. What a time and incline. God was shining on me. Now I can't leave. And now I'm making hell Never want the that's in my league. I only want the ones I envy. I envy. Champagne and drinking with your friends. You live in the dark, boy. I cannot pretend. I'm not faced, only here to sin. If you've been in your garden, you know that you can. Call me when you want. Like, I remember being in high school and I just wanted to ask people what made them uncomfortable because like I've and not because I don't know, but because I just I'm like, you need to process. Tell me what makes you uncomfortable. But yeah, he he has been an artist. I feel like that will be talked about for years and years to come because I feel like he's doing this great music. It's popular music and he's a queer black man. Yeah, and that's again who's it, in hip hop. In hip hop, and and I think that is freaking awesome, and I love him for it. And he's and he's so so young. He's only twenty one. He's yeah. my age, actually. Yeah, and I think he's going to make. Yeah. I hope he makes a great name for himself going forward. But I I think he has a lot of talent. I really do. And maybe this, you know, someday this may be looked upon. Oh, yeah, he was a Billy Ray Cyrus, <laughs> which, you know, eh, I yeah, I know he worked with Billy Ray, but. Yeah, Billy Ray is not a great musician. You have the original queer allies of like David Bowie and Queen, which I'm not sure if they were known no, but there was a really cool interview with David Bowie when he he was he just came out as bisexual. Probably in the late seventies in Rolling Stone, I think. It was, but they were interviewing him and he's dressed up, you know, and, and the guy asked them, Are those bisexual shoes? And he looks right at him, No, they're shoes shoes, silly. This is that clip from an interview with Russell Hardy. Wait, and how about the shoes? Are those men's shoes or women's shoes or bisexual shoes? They're shoe shoes. <laughs> they're just shoes. They come from the Bowery in New York. 
And there's a man up there who makes them. And they're called 3D shoes. They're made out of fiberglass. <laughs> I just love that. It's like, I don't have a gay marriage. No, yeah, I, I love that. Are those bisexual shoes? No, they're shoes, shoes, silly. <laughs> and I feel like there's a few interview clips that speak to that with David mm-hmm. Bowie that I've seen where I've just, mm-hmm. where it feels like people were just poking and he oh. and he handled it brilliantly. Yeah. It's like he turned it right back around on them like, are you serious about you, this question? Yeah, I don't have bisexual shoes, you stupid twit. <laughs> and here's another clip to really demonstrate this obsession certain media personalities had with David Bowie's sexuality. Do you mind talking about your sexuality? <laughs> I'm sorry, why? Because what, what, what was the deal there? You were gay for a while. And then you went, then you were not no, gay. I was just happy. <laughs> but you were, were you bisexual? Were you pansexual? Were you trisexual? I, I was... Because I thought being gay was a bit like the Foreign Legion. Once you joined, yeah. I didn't think you were allowed back. <laughs> I was just very, you know, um, I just got me leg over a lot. We, we, and did you have relationships with these people as well, or was it mainly... Not if I just... could help it. <laughs> <laughs> I was incredibly promiscuous. I bet you were. And I think we'll leave it at that. No, we can't. Because... <laughs> but this is great stuff, David. No, it might be for you, son. But everyone wants to know. <laughs> you must have had a great time. Why would I go into that when I can make a fortune by writing a book about it? Why should I give it to you for free? All right. Well, well let me ask you this then, David. Um, we'll get to the book. Should I've never yet tried... Don't even think well, about it. I've never tried the man love, OK? I haven't, tried, I haven't tried the man on man, the man with man. I haven't tried it. I was tempted recently when David Beckham scored that penalty goal. <laughs> Suddenly, I felt a stirring. Should I give it a try? Father. Such a serious and, and, and a life-challenging and changing question. The answer that I have for you would probably create such turmoil in your soul. You know what? It probably I'm would. I'm not sure that you could actually withstand it or, in fact, last the rest of the show. So I'm afraid I'm going to uh, politely and reluctantly not answer that question.
so I'm just going to throw this out there. This is my song, but I'm entering it in my mom's mix. I don't know if you remember this song, Mom, because when I was obsessed with Panic at the Disco, but there was, let me look up, I think it's Boys, Boys, Girls, but you would, I think, know it. I like Panic at the Disco. Yeah. I actually do. I went to two Panic at the Disco concerts growing up. I loved Brendan Urie. Um, and and I remember a big queer ally, wasn't he? Yes, I'm I am not sure what his sexuality is, but I know that he was and especially both concerts that I went to played the song Girls, Girls, Boys, which, you know, the lyrics of the song kind of speak to I think it says girls love boys, girls love girls. That's kind of you know mm-hmm. the idea here. And, you know, in the concert, people would have all of these flags and also, oh, I just remembered at uh, the big concert venue in Omaha, they had different colored hearts like little paper hearts at your seats. So then when you put your phone light on for the song, you could put the paper in front of your phone light and it Ah. would make different colored lights all over the stadium. That is awesome.
guess Freddie Mercury. Well, I I mentioned Queen, and it wasn't like Queen wasn't. Oh my gosh, Elton John and uh, ABBA. Hello, yes, Elton John and ABBA. Well, and I'm not sure anyone in ABBA was queer, but yeah, I really was... love this song by Pink. What about us? Oh yeah, definitely. What about us was uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite songs. I cried when that song came out. Oh, I did it brought too. tears to my eyes for the longest time. I would listen to it and it just gave me goosebumps. It did. I love that song. It was a queer anthem. We are searchlights we can see in the dark. We are Pointed up at the stars We are billions of beautiful hearts And you sold us down the river too far What about us? What about all the times you said you had the answer?
You know, that song really, I remember, I mean, I would look at you, Mom, and you would get kind of emotional listening to the song because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's an emotional song. It really is because there were, the time it came out, I think it may have been during the Trump administration, but yeah, it was because no one was thinking of us, not at that time. And in fact- Well, I, it wasn't just about us, but I'm just- but it, but it was par- it was partially about the queer community partially but not entirely but it just the song in itself it was about the disaffected well and when you hear songs like what about us i guess what do you kind of think about when you hear those kind of, that kind of song or that song specifically um you know when i hear that song it's like a cry out notice that you know we are here and we matter. And I, I don't think it's just for the queer population. It's for people who are, you know, of a different nationality. Um, it, it's about diversity. It's, it is, there is more, there's more going on out there than what you choose to pay attention to. And everybody has a right to exist. So that is what that song means to me. I only have one more thing to add. Be careful of the kinds of people you hate because they probably include people that you love. I'm Sam, and I was joined by my mom, Isabel, and my stepmom, Tracy, today. My mom's mix will be back next week on 90.3 KRNU.